Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free, it's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. The stupid, waste of time, unjust, unconstitutional impeachment of Donald Trump begins soon, and it's all so absurd. We'll take a look back at all the Democrat comments for the last four years, and finally, 
former senior advisor to Donald Trump on the show today. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Everything's so absurd now, isn't it? And it, and it got so absurd so fast. Joe Biden gets elected. Democrats take the Senate. Democrats keep the House. And instantly, everything's just dumb. Nothing works. Nothing good happens. Nothing positive happens. Everything's just theater. It's all stupid theater. And maybe the dumbest thing is this impeachment of Donald Trump. I, I mean, let's pause for this for a moment. He's gone. But Donald Trump is gone. I realize the Democratic Party and all the anti-Trump Republicans who spent the last four years whining about Trump, everything's Trump's fault. Well, now it's like they wake up and have, they have no identity. So they keep wanting to talk about Trump. They keep wanting, to, keep wanting to bring Trump back. But Trump's gone now. Trump's down in Florida golfing. Trump's just a dude now. Trump can't come back and make you interesting anymore. Trump can't come back and play the foil anymore. Donald Trump's gone. You Democrats, to your credit, you took over the entire culture, got it all, good job. Now you have the whole government. House, Senate, presidency, it's all yours, good. You you got it all. You have to govern now. Now it's time for you to do things. More than just Joe Biden, stroke of a pen, crushing jobs, you have to go do things. And this happens all the time when Democrats take over a state or when they take over the federal government. The same thing happens when happened when Barack Obama took over. They're not very good at doing things. Because Demo- Democrats are a bunch of malcontent children. That's really what they are. What Democrats are, they're the toddler laying down in the grocery store, throwing a fit because mommy won't buy him fruity pebbles. Well, finally, one day, mommy walks over and hands the shopping cart to the toddler. The toddler doesn't have any idea what to do. No idea what to do. That's what it's like handing the government to Democrats. I I find this whole thing to be so absurd. On, On top of how unconstitutional it is, we'll get to that in a minute. Donald Trump didn't encourage any insurrection or coup or raid or whatever word you choose to use for it. I mean, I don't know anybody that looks back at what happened on the 6th and cheers, but Donald Trump didn't say go storm the Capitol. Donald Trump talked like every other politician has always talked. I ran for Congress twice myself. You know that. I, I haven't looked at the old speeches, but I'm sure I was always talking about go fight. We got to take the fight to them. We're, we're all, that's how politicians talk. You're getting people fired up. And what bothers me is not that he didn't say anything to encourage people to, to raid the Capitol. I'm, of course, not shocked by the left lying about it. I'm shocked by the right lying about it immediately. Immediately. So many on the right. 90% of the politicians and pundits on the right. Well, I mean, he... He really is responsible. Wait, what? Why is he responsible? This is what he said. Have you ever asked yourself what he actually said? Maybe you haven't seen it. Here's what he said. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Hmm. If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Wait, what? Did Did you hear Trump storm the Capitol? Listen to this. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building. 
to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. To, what was that? Peacefully and patriotically? I would have swore those were the words I just heard. I mean, you, you do realize this speech I'm showing you right here, this is what he's getting impeached for. Uh, Mr. Producer, if you wouldn't mind, would you play that one more time? I, I want to make sure I didn't mishear something. I, I think I heard him say peacefully and patriotically, but I want to make sure now that we have a gigantic farce on our hands. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Okay. That's not impeachable. That's not even really that fiery. I mean, it's certainly nothing like the whirlwind. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Release the whirlwind? Pay the price? You won't know what hit you? Yikes. Oh, and it should be noted, that was right before Democrats chose to completely destroy a man's reputation by lying about him on a national stage. Don't forget who you're dealing with. Don't forget you're dealing with people like Maxine Waters. Make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Hmm. Man, that seems... Whew, that seems really insurrection-y, doesn't it? I, we all remember how they treated Rand Paul. And this is just the video we have of Rand Paul. This isn't even Rand Paul getting his ribs broken by somebody. And of course, Nancy Pelosi. You know she's my favorite. You know she's my favorite. She always will be my favorite. And I know what you're saying. Jesse, she's the worst. Yeah, she's the absolute worst. She's the Disney movie villain. The most unlikable politician and the history of the United States of America. And yet, Speaker of the House, multiple times, talk about overcoming your personal failures, your personal flaws. It's incredible. And what's Nancy Pelosi good at? Nancy Pelosi, unlike the entire GOP, Nancy Pelosi plays offense. I'm just curious, as, as far as the impeachment trial is concerned, uh, Senator Graham said that if the Democrats call any witness, that they'll be prepared, the Republicans will be prepared to call in the FBI and, quote, tell us about people who pre-planned this attack and what happened with the security footprint at the Capitol. What's your response to that? And your question is a waste of time. Yes, you That's how it's done, Republicans. 
That's how it's done, Republicans. Don't look at that and then put out some tweet about Nancy Pelosi being horrible. Oh, Nancy Pelosi should do that. Look at that and learn. Nancy Pelosi never, ever, 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 ever talks about something she doesn't want to talk about. Ever. Period. She'll either insult you to your face or accuse you of committing a crime or simply call you an idiot and move right on to the next thing. It's only Republicans. Uh, Actually, I'm... I'm really against white supremacy. We have to, you know, I'm not a racist. You should, you should see all the, all the people of color I'm friends with. And, and it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Speak and play offense at all times. Stop letting them paint the narrative of you. You paint the narrative of yourself. Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Team Trump, calling it what it is, quote, the article of impeachment presented by the House is, an unconstit- is unconstitutional for a variety of reasons, any of which alone would be grounds for immediate dismissal. Taken together, they demonstrate, the con- they demonstrate conclusively that indulging House Democrats' hunger for this political theater is a danger to our republic, democracy, and the rights that we hold dear. You know, I do have to say, I think this is a huge mistake by Democrats. Let's, let, let's not even go with the Trump lovers. There's millions and millions of Trump lovers out there. So let's set them aside for that, for now. Let's talk about the people in the middle. Maybe even people who just got done voting against Trump. What are they going to think about this whole thing? I mean, you have to remember, you're not normal. You are somebody who consumes political news on a daily basis. So you're not normal. But the average voter... You can call them low-information voters if you want to be mean, or just people who choose other hobbies. They don't really watch the news. They don't consume political news. Maybe they'll turn on the TV for 10 minutes at the end of the day, catch the highlights, open up the paper, go to bed. All right. That person wanted something different than Trump. We can argue about that. I'm not going to bother with that for now. They wanted something different than Trump. Didn't like how Trump conducted himself, so on and so forth. But that person isn't some hardcore leftist. I mean, just voted for Trump four years ago. What do you think that person thinks about dragging in the former president of the United States of America for an impeachment trial that means nothing? It's not going anywhere. Sure, they'll break off three or four loser Republicans in the Senate, but this thing isn't going anywhere. He's not going to be impeached. You need two-thirds of the Senate to do so. So why are we doing this? A big hissy fit or a big distraction because Democrats don't actually have a plan? Is this to cover up for the fact their vaccine plan is a disaster? That Joe Biden is failing at every turn, slashing jobs? It's just it's one big disaster. Is that what all this is? Well, that's not going to work. You don't want to draw attention to that. Anyway, Trump's team believes this thing should all be dismissed for these reasons. One. Senate lacks jurisdiction over the 45th president because he holds no public office from which he can be removed. That's the most obvious one. What are they going to do? Remove him from the golf course? Two, the allegations in the article of impeachment are self-evidently wrong and fail to meet the constitutional standard for any crime or impeachable offense. Three, the House of Representatives deprived Trump due process by rushing to impeachment without a full and fair discussion. Four, Article of impeachment violates Trump's right to free speech and thought granted under the First Amendment. And five, article is constitutionally fraud 
flawed because it changes multiple instances, it charges multiple instances of impeachable conduct in a single article. Now, that's a lot of legal words to say. This whole thing's dumb and shouldn't happen, and everybody knows it. Nevertheless, it's going to be a fireworks show, and we're going to cover plenty of the real news this week, and we'll give you plenty of this impeachment stuff, because honestly, I think it's important everybody sees. I'm going to cover this just because I think it's important you see just what these people are capable of. Mammoth Nation, that's your solution. And I know what you're saying. Jesse's solution to what? To the question you're asking me every single day by email. My email inbox is full every day of what can I do? I'm scared. I want to help. What can I do? And I'm glad that means you're in the right place. That's a good question to ask. Well, Mammoth Nation is a great start. What is Mammoth Nation? Well, it's the best of both worlds. You become a member. I'm a lifetime member. You become a member of Mammoth Nation. Once you become a member of Mammoth Nation, that money you spend to become a member It goes to people running for office who will actually fight for what you believe in. That's where that goes. What do you get out of it? Oh, you get more than just the satisfaction of knowing you're helping your country. You get discounts. That's right. Mammoth Nation members have discounts at travel, telehealth, hotels, shopping, more things that I could possibly list for you. Yep, it's the best of both worlds. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. This impeachment thing is so stupid. It's just so stupid. I can't get over how stupid it is. And this is a quote from Trump's impeachment defense team. Quote, this impeachment trial is being pursued solely to preclude Mr. Trump, a private citizen, which he is, from holding any future office. However, the Constitution only grants the Senate the additional power to remove a person's right to run for office as part of the process of removal from office. Joining us now to tell us what exactly that means and gloat about his Super Bowl team, former senior advisor to the Prez himself, Jason Miller. Jason, why don't we just get it out of the way first? Go ahead and gloat for a couple minutes about Tom Brady and your football team. Rub it in everybody's face. Hey, all I got to say is that being on the wrong end of Tom Brady uh, losses, I should say, Tom Brady wins for him and losses for my team for a couple of decades now. You know what? I'm so glad to be on the Tom Brady bandwagon. Uh, I'll be uh, so happy to celebrate with that Lombardi trophy. But uh, I got to hand it. Uh, look, the offense had some good creativity. Defense kept Mahomes uh, on his heels almost the whole game. And uh, it, it was a good win. Maybe benefited from a couple of pass interference calls, uh, you know, but... Uh, I'll, I'll take the win. Uh, t- look, a Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. Maybe a little benefit from those calls. All right. This this impeachment, I guess I don't understand it at all, Jason, from any st- I don't understand it from a strategy standpoint. I, I think the Democrats just end up making themselves look terrible. I, I don't understand the need to still go after a man who's not there anymore. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, President Trump's probably golfing in Florida as we speak. So explain it to me. Ex- are these people just insane? Is it really that simple? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Jesse, if you really <laughs> want to uh, boil it down to uh, to write that point, I mean, here's what they want to do. They want to have an excuse to go and play upwards of 16 hours of negative video for the American public over the course of a couple days and attack President Trump for the over the course of about a week or so. This has nothing to do with the attacks on the Capitol of January 6th and everything to do with trying to prevent President Trump from running again in 2024, something that hasn't been decided. I hope that he runs in 2024, uh, but that's certainly not something that's been decided. That is all that this is about. And here's the 
thing uh, with the the Republicans having voted uh, on this the unconstitutionality of this just two weeks ago we already know that the votes aren't there to impeach so when this nonsense this charade is done probably a week from tomorrow probably next Tuesday life is going to go back to normal nothing will have changed there's no removing President Trump from office there's no impeachment all the Democrats want to do is try to get on TV for another week attack President Trump or if you're someone like Shifty Schiff or Fang Fang Swalwell or uh, Jerry Nadler. They just want to get some more precious uh, TV time. Yeah, look, I'm not telling you, 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 I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You're the senior advisor to the 45th Pres himself, but uh, what about these anti-Trump Republicans? That does have me a little bit worried. No, I don't think they're going to get the votes they need to convict. How many anti-Trump Republicans who spent four years whining about the man, how many of them are going to go along with this whole charade? Well, as we saw from this Liz Cheney vote a couple days ago, it makes a big difference when they actually go and have to put their name on it. And so the fact that these senators will have to go and say, are they thumbs up or thumbs down with regard to impeachment, we know that they're largely going to be kept in line by their constituents. And if they don't, if there's someone like Liz Cheney who gets out there and goes and attacks the president and, and sides with Nancy Pelosi and Eric Swalwell on a matter like this, I mean, now we look and Liz Cheney has a 13% reelect number in Wyoming. And just to be clear, that 13% is including Democrats. Only among Republicans, she's at 10%. And Jesse, get this, among Trump voters, which by the way is 70% of the state, among Trump voters, uh, Liz Cheney is at 6% on the ballot. It's. It, I don't see how she's ever coming back to office, but I do think since these votes will be public, uh, ult the final vote ultimately, I do think that the kind of the never Trumper uh, coalitions will be held in check. Jason, I, I look. We haven't talked about this before the show, everybody. I'm just asking him this live. I can just picture this massive Donald Trump rally just to spite Liz Cheney right in the heart of Cheyenne or something like that with a packed stadium. And I have to tell you, Jason, I like the mental image of it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, Wyoming is a beautiful state. Uh, it's, uh, in fact, I think Don Jr. I think tweeted something very similar. I think yesterday, uh, after Liz Cheney's comments. Uh, look, here's the thing: President Trump wants to make sure we get the House and Senate back for Republicans in 2022. Uh, will there be some places where we go through and get some a little more America First oriented members in, folks who don't believe in endless wars like Liz Cheney does? Uh, hey, what are uh, you know uh, two decades and trillions and trillions of dollars to countries that we really you know shouldn't be worrying about at this point um making sure that we actually do something for the economy to get it growing trying to get right size some of these uh these trade deals that have been taking advantage of americans for decades liz cheney's in the camp that caused all these problems when you look at liz cheney and joe biden as a matter of fact on a number of issues you go right down the list they're basically on the same page. That's not the type of America first leader that we need on Capitol Hill. So yeah, I think the president will look for a couple places where he gets involved in, uh, in primaries. But main focus, let's go and get uh, the House and Senate back for Republicans in 2022. I agree. I agree. And look, should he show up in Wyoming? I'm not saying I'll be there, but I'll absolutely be there for that one. Now, now I have this theory, Jason, that President Trump, uh, who, in my opinion, was the greatest foreign policy president of my lifetime. I know you're probably going to be a bit biased on that and agree, but he was. 
I love his foreign policy. I thought it was just outstanding. His accomplishments blew me away. And I think that's why the system, which is what I call it, I think that's the main reason the system hated him so much. It wasn't the tweets. It wasn't the barking at reporters. It was his foreign policy that threatened the gravy train of a lot of people. It's just a theory of mine. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Now, Jesse, you make a really good point here. And a lot of folks forget this from back in 2016. When President Trump ran in 2016, it was really as an indictment on the failures of the foreign policy from the politicians from both parties, Republicans and Democrats, for the last couple of decades. Everything from going into Iraq, from being in Afghanistan, the way that we had handled China. I mean, even the fact that we never made our NATO allies pay their fair share. The fact that trade deal after trade deal was ripping us off. The fact that we're uh, funding so many other countries and their national security and not getting, while they uh, are negative and they attack us, we don't get anything back for it. So, uh, you know, I think usually kind of the knee-jerk reaction when you ask someone, what's the single biggest takeaway that you saw from President Trump's first term? And they usually say the courts. That's usually kind of domestic policy, one of the first things that many Republicans, they either say that or the economy. I think when the history books write it for the first term, or first, yeah, for the first term, I think you're right. I think it's going to be on the foreign policy, the Middle East peace deals. I mean, just look at the fact that Joe Biden hasn't gone and reversed all of the policies regarding the Middle East and China and a number of the other play, even going into, um, uh, even going to some of what we're doing with Afghanistan, even going into a number of other countries, the fact that Biden hasn't completely reversed everything because he knows that Trump made the right call. He did make the right call. Jason Miller, thank you so much for giving us some time tonight. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Jesse. Look, people can whine about them all they want. And I, look, I get it, bombastic personality. These foreign policy things actually matter. He got there, and he was willing to do things to upset the apple cart. And these Liz Cheney types, like you just heard him talk about, I don't understand what they're thinking. I understand being a career politician. I understand being a career politician who hates Donald Trump. Well, that's fine. What I don't understand is this. Thinking that your way, if you're the Cheney anti-Trump wing, thinking that, that your way is in any way equal to the popularity of Donald Trump's way. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. I mean, you could have your own preference, but popularity-wise, there is no contest whatsoever, none. But I'll be anxious to see the anti-Trump Republicans and their conduct during this impeachment trial. Now, let me talk to you about something that happened to me. I woke up one day, grabbed my phone, as we tend to do, and I'm looking at an email that has my home title in it, with my signature on it and my wife's signature on it. Looking like we had, wait, taken a loan out? What? That's home title theft. I didn't even know what home title theft was until I opened up that email. And it's for these cyber thieves. Your home title, my home title, they are online. They're not just pieces of paper anymore. They're online. And these crooks are hacking into them, forging these signatures, taking loans out against it, and forcing people like you and I to pay them back. Go get Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock will detect any tampering and shut it down like that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. Well, we remember, 
We remember the things Democrats said for four years, all of them. I already played you Chuck Schumer. Do you remember what Maxine Waters said? Here's what Maxine said, in case you forgot. Can you say that you have not glorified or encouraged violence against Republicans? Absolutely, I can say it. As a matter of fact, if you look at the words that I use, the strongest thing I said was, tell them they're not welcome. Talk to them. Tell them they're not welcome. I didn't say, go and fight. I didn't say anybody was going to have any violence. And so they can't make that stink. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is Liberty, is a uh, host of the Red and Black Show and LibertyNation.com's very own Jeff Charles. Here's the thing, Jeff. I didn't have any problem when Democrats were talking like that either. That's how all politicians talk. Republicans get up and they talk about fighting and taking the fight to them. And Schumer's talking about the whirlwind. And everybody understands that it's never a call to violence. Do we all have to pretend like what Trump said was a call to violence? Is that where we are? Well, that's what the Democrats are. I mean, I don't think any sensible person actually believes it. The only people who believe that Trump actually incited violence are people who want to believe that in the first place. They're no, they're not really living in reality. If you ask these people if Bernie Sanders in, inspired the the guy who tried to to assassinate GOP lawmakers, they would say no. And so would I. I don't think any of these people are inciting violence. However, if we're if we're applying the same principles that they apply to Trump. And yeah, all these people are guilty of inciting violence and should go to jail. Jeff, you're obviously an individual liberty guy like me. So let me ask you, let's let's live in the world that we that actually exists, not the one we want to exist. This is a country, I'm not going to say more divided than ever because we were stabbing and shooting each other in the 1860s, but we're very divided right now and it's not getting better. And the mental health situation on both sides is not getting better. Do politicians going forward have to be more delicate than they have been with their rhetoric to avoid one of these nutballs. Well, honestly, I don't think that would help because even if they did moderate their their uh, their rhetoric more, you would still have people pretending like they're inciting violence. Like remember, like I said, most of the, these people making these accusations, in my opinion, they don't actually believe that Trump incited violence. Maybe some of the rank and file do, but the people who are actually trying to push this impeachment effort, I don't believe for a second that they actually think that Trump incited violence. This is politically motivated. So even if they did moderate their rhetoric, which by the way, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think it'd be nice if we did have more civil conversations. But at the end of the day, this isn't about rhetoric. This isn't about incitement of violence. This is about politics. Jeff, you wrote something, I believe it was for redstate.com, that you are thrilled about the Democrats impeaching Donald Trump. We spoke about this before. Recap that for me. Why would you be thrilled? Yeah, I mean, we're going to start the, the trial tomorrow, and I am so excited. I am so glad that the Democrats are trying to impeach President Donald Trump while he's already out of office. The reason why I supported this effort isn't because I believe in it. It's because I know how it's going to redound on the Democratic Party. I want us to regain power in 2022 and in 2024, and the Democrats beclowning themselves like this is only going to help make that easier. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're pushing this through. As a matter of fact, I think they kind of know that this is going to hurt them at this point, which is why the process is going to be a lot shorter than the first, the first impeachment was. Okay, then why go through with it? I said this during the first one, too, Jeff. It seemed so ham-fisted and rushed i mean even the first one over the stupid phone call we saw the we saw the transcript trump i think put it out on twitter the the next day it was 
It was nothing impeachable. Everybody could see it. And it seemed like they just woke up one morning, oh, all right, let's impeach him. And they just did it. And it, it just looked so lame. Why not just stop and pause for a moment and do it smarter if you're going to do it? Because <laughs> it's because they can't help themselves, Jesse. I mean, these people got so overconfident when they won the presidency, they won both chambers of Congress. So they're, they're cocky about it. Now, this doesn't apply to all of them. I mean, Senator Tim Kaine was saying, maybe we should look more at trying to censure Trump instead of impeach him after he's out of office. Maybe it would be easier to do that. You do have sensible people, which I don't think censure is sensible either, but that's it's not nearly as crazy as impeachment, but they're not being listened to. They, uh, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it at all. So all I can really conclude is that they just, they can't help it. They have to overreach because they think that they're untouchable at this point. It's a mistake, but I mean, let them make it. Is it a mistake? Are they untouchable, Jeff? I, I mean, I do feel like the country is going pretty hard left. Is that just a pessimistic view of somebody who just lost a couple elections in Georgia and the presidency? Uh, no, I, I don't think that they're as untouchable as as it seems. And I actually mentioned this in one of my videos. We always see the left as this big leviathan, uh, that like they're invincible. They're not invincible. They're not untouchable. They may think they are, but Republicans still won elections. We still won the down-ballot races for the most part. This victory that they have in Congress is going to be short-lived, especially if they keep conducting themselves in this way. So, no, I don't think the country is moving further to the left. I think that the left just has power right now. I think most of that was because people just didn't like Trump. I don't think it's because they just love the left. Why didn't they like Trump? Is it just the personality thing, the tweets thing, that because he's bombastic? Is it that, or was it some policy? I mean, there might have been a little bit that had to do with policy. I mean, obviously, the, the response to the coronavirus epidemic, and I'm sure there were a lot of people who didn't like the kids in cages. I didn't either. But I think for the most part, I think like 80% of it was his personality, the, the, the chaos that he brought to the Oval Office. I mean, love him or hate him, the guy was not the normal type of president that we're used to having. So I think his personality flaws, I think his his Twitter, I think just his bombastic personality rubbed a lot of people the, the, the wrong way. I think there are a lot of people who actually like his policies, but they didn't really like him on office because of what he brought to it as far as his personality goes. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Jeff Charles, Jeff, I appreciate you, my brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm just not a personality voter. But I know that makes me a minority. I know that makes, I'm sure Jeff is right. 80% of the country, I can see that. 80% of the people voting against him who weren't card-carrying Democrats. I don't like his tweets. I just, we are dealing with the leadership of the free world, right? I mean, there's more important things, but whatever, I'm not going off on it. We got a lot more show left. Hang on. absurd. So everything is absurd. Nothing makes sense. And I want you to know something. If, you, if it seems to you like everything's upside down, it's not just you. It is upside down, I assure you. I, look, I mean, we had, remember this, we just had somebody on the House Intelligence Committee get busted with a Chinese spy. Not only did he not get removed from said committee, he went right back to said committee after his re-election and then was one of the impeachment managers. I, I, you can't make this stuff up. And that Liz Cheney somehow believes she's the future of the Republican Party. Is the whole world mad? Joining me now to talk about that PJ Media stand-up comedian, my friend Stephen Cruiser. Cruiser, explain to me, 
explain to me, are we all dumb enough to just take all these lies and accept them? And I need you to be honest with me. I know you're probably not. Lord willing, I'm not. But as a society, is that really where we are? I don't think so at all. I think, in fact, this impeachment thing is going to you know, be the end of the unity talk forever now. I just like, I, you know, there's a way things play out inside the beltway and a way they play out outside the beltway. Inside the beltway, I'm sure there's still part of this Bush, Cheney, Romney part of the Republican Party that thinks that's the future. That's not going to wash with the 74.2 million people who voted for Trump outside of the beltway. So it's just, I just see this as getting worse and worse. And, and then at days, you know, you're talking about how weird it is. Every once in a while, I'm going like, God, if the last six months haven't gotten people thinking, maybe we're Sims, um, I don't know what will, because it's just been so, like, we have some insidious alien teenager just messing with us now. It is. It's like it's like everything they do is to poke at us and see how much we'll take and poke at us and see if it works. I, I, I got to be honest, I don't want to rewind to old stuff, but I still can't get over the government rolling out this doctor who told everybody the solution to a pandemic was stand six feet away from every other person. And not only did he say it, we reordered all of American society for that stupid concept. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and yet that's where we are. Well, yeah, we got... I have whiplash from the number of times that Fauci has walked something back, contradicted himself, said, oh, yeah, my bad, that's not the case. I just... I, I don't know how anybody... Uh, right mind is taking anything he says at face value anymore and and then you've got people just so hypercharged now they're losing their minds last night because the super bowl looked too full three quarters of the crowd was cardboard cutouts <laughs> and they're all mad because the distancing wasn't proper <laughs> i mean you had people just livid about it so all the pro mask people yeah i'm over fauci though i gotta go with that because this guy is not following the science when he's not contradicting himself the cdc is contradicting themselves so it's hard to take anything they say at face value anymore, but you're right. We reordered society, killed the greatest economy in the world, are going to continue killing it. And it's it, it it's a it's it's like we're all on this bad acid trip. How long? How much longer? How long until they finally say, okay, you're safe, take the mask off, I'll allow you to open everything. How long? Put a number on it. I'm saying at least 14 months. Um, minimum because I don't you can't give petty bureaucratic tyrants power and then just say yeah, toss it back to me that's not how they work they're, they're not going to give it back um, they're digging this too much right now I mean you look at California yeah we'll open up again oh you can't turn on your televisions in the bars though because Super Bowl super spreader you know so it's it's going to be pretending to open up but not really opening up kind of thing and and I think that they've, they're enjoying just messing with us too much remember these aren't these are just petty bureaucrats. That's what Fauci is. My colleague, Stephen Green, pointed that out last week. He said, Fauci's not a doctor. He hasn't practiced medicine forever. He's a petty mid-level bureaucrat. And that's that's who's running our lives now. Oh, gosh. You know, I agree. I, I, and you know what's really sad, Cruiser, is I see these people... They, they have no motivation to stop doing it. They, they, what, they just hammered these lockdowns for so long, and what did it get them? It got them the House, it got them the Senate, and it got them the presidency. Well, they don't feel the pain from the American people for what they did. They don't feel the pain at all, so why would they stop? Yeah, there's no reason. I don't, uh, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, the pandemic's going to be over once Biden's in because that's what he needed to get elected. But I, you know, you and I talked about this, I think the last time I was on here, you said, how do you hide a president? Well, you know, one of the most convenient ways to keep him out of the public eye too much is to use COVID excuses. And I think they're going to have to go with that for a while. 
They're going to partially open up some places to boost the economy a little bit. But I honestly, I think we are seeing what happens when people get power given to them freely. And, you know, and, and, and to think that they're going to relinquish it. This is a lesson that conservatives like us have been telling people forever. You give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, and they're not giving that back. That's why you can't pass these omnibus bills, because none of that ever gets walked back. None of the spending ever gets walked back. Once you give it to them, it's in. It's baked into the process. But we never, but we don't stop that either. That, that's part of my problem, because you're so right about these omnibus bills. I screamed about it for four years under Trump, too. He signed all of them. Republicans made, made sure all of them sailed right through Congress. Bills that we, you and I were together freaking out about back in uh, Obama's presidency in those Tea Party years. We were doubling those bills and still signing them right through all of them without a second thought. Yeah, it's... Um there, there really is, and it sounds so easy for people outside of Washington to say this, but since I've been an activist outside of Washington for so many decades now, it's true. There's a different mentality with Republicans inside the Beltway. And unfortunately, they've got control of the federal budget right now. And they don't care. I mean, if you remember back to the Boehner days with the, uh, with the uh, debt ceiling, he, there was one summer where they held off, they were going to shut down the government, and then he blinked at himself. The Democrats didn't even pressure him. He blinked and then raised the debt ceiling on his own. And I was so, yeah, I there, there's got to be a real conversation about what we do with the D.C. Republicans. Again, it's revisiting the stuff we were doing in 19 in 2009, 2010 with the Tea Party. But the discussion has to be had again. Did the, where did the Tea Party go wrong? Because the Tea Party, I mean, people act like it was one big failure. The Tea Party elected a bunch of great people. And I mean, lots of them turned out to suck, but lots of them turned out to be good. Overall, it was, it was a win. Well, where did it go wrong in the end, though? Because it really went down in flames. Is it just that it was a big group of people and that whenever you get a big group of people, someone's going to turn into a con man? Yeah, I think that's part of it. Another part of it was it was never designed to be this monolithic thing that went on forever. I always said people needed to get involved in local government, do stuff like that. A lot of Tea Party people did. I, I have several friends, examples, who you know got to work for their county Republican Party. And that kind of change is a slow process. That's not an easy fix, quick satisfying, quickly satisfying thing. So I think that there was a lot of good. Uh, I think some of the national Tea Party groups I wasn't a big fan of, you know, because it was actually a regional organization where we just all happened to travel around and get together with each other. But the national groups kept acting like they were the be-all and end-all. And I think that was where publicly the perception got really bad because the national groups, that was more about the money than anything else. Where do you see all this going in the end, the country itself, on a, on a macro level? Where do you see this ending up? At the moment, I think the division gets even worse because the Democrats going ahead with this second impeachment is basically saying, we just want to prioritize the fact that we hate Trump and we hate everybody who likes Trump. That's really what this is all about, Trumpism, as they're fond of saying right now. Um, so I don't see this getting any better anytime soon. I do think right now the conservatives and Republicans, I don't know what kind of unholy alliance we have to make with D.C. right now, but if we don't focus on winning back the House in 2002, we're toast forever. This, this party's done. Um, so they, what that does has that to be mean? the priority. Hmm? What does that mean? Focus on what? Like, what do we focus on? I don't know what we do. Um, I think we have to make sure that the money's getting to the right candidates. We have to vet the candidates right now. Um, it's 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 really an easy path for the GOP to take back the House. It's really, it's all they've got to do is not screw it up. But if ever there were a party to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, it's this one. So that's really all they have. And, you know, here in Arizona, we've got a chance. Mark Kelly's only filling out McCain's term. He's up for re-election in two years. We got a chance to pick that one off again if we can just focus a little here. 
um, you know, the, the Senate's not so much in play, but the Senate could be a little more in play if we go after the Kelly seat and a couple of the other ones that are that are open that are vulnerable the next time around. Could you please explain to people who aren't from Arizona why exactly we now have two Democrat senators from Arizona when, like yesterday, we had two Republicans? To quote my best friend, who's a hardcore conservative, he said, the Arizona GOP still needs to get rid of the John McCain taint. And um, a lot of that John McCain taint is that uh, the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce and a big thing that people don't talk about publicly is that Cindy McCain was working actively in the background to defeat Martha McSally both times. Martha McSally was not a good candidate. I'll give you that. Not the greatest candidate on the world, in the world. She had that whole colonel thing where she just expected people to do whatever she wanted to, and that's not the way politics is. Um, but there, there's a lot of the Chamber of Commerce, the old GOP money here, Cindy McCain pushing the buttons a lot, working actively against that, actually. What an absolute mess. Steven Cruiser, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Always a blast. That is a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Arizona's blue. How did that happen? All right. We'll be back. You do have to be happy for the media, though. I mean, I realize you hate them. So do I. But with this impeachment stuff coming up, it's high, high times for the media because, let's be honest, they miss Donald Trump a lot. And impeachment, it brings ratings because they're not inter interesting enough to bring those ratings themselves. That could be seen as an impeachable offense. If Trump were caught on a video camera snorting cocaine in the White House, maybe with one of his children, there was at least a chance he'd be impeached. If he's not a legitimately elected president in your mind, there are tools that Congress has. I don't see how that wouldn't be an impeachable offense. That tweet fits the Republican definition of an impeachable offense. Impeachment is very difficult grounds for impeachment. It's an impeachable offense. Perhaps impeachable offense. Is impeachment the appropriate remedy? Something for the Congress like impeachment. All of that may be impeachable. Well, that's an impeachable offense. Is that an impeachable offense? Is that an impeachable offense to you? He's much more vulnerable to impeachment. Ingredient of impeachment. An impeachable offense. It is grounds for impeachment. Criminal or even impeachable. Grounds for impeachment or does that not go far enough? Grounds for Impeachment. This tweet alone may be an impeachable offense. Let's talk about impeachment. Impeachment is on the table. Impeachable. 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 If that's not impeachable, the president shall be removed from office on impeachment. Is impeachable. Guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. Grounds for impeachment. Tipping point. Talk of impeachment. The answer well, is impeachment. Calls for his impeachment come every day. Trump has been impeached. President Trump's impeachment trial begins. Majorities voted to acquit President Trump. This trial was a sham. He repeated that impeachable offense. It is hard to imagine a president being impeached twice. But if Donald Trump withholds money... It may lead to a second impeachment. Is there perhaps an appetite for another impeachment inquiry? Is that an impeachable offense, what he's doing at the post office? The House could move to impeach. Impeachment-level corruption. Then it was like, well, we don't need to impeach him because we've got an election, but now you don't want to believe the election. I accuse them of this high crime tonight. <laughs> Again, a quick last impeachment before he goes. The former president of the United States, who has been impeached for inciting the erection, uh, inciting the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.
Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 